So, uh, for the last few weeks, we've been working through this series of, of how do we handle life, how do we follow Jesus when the pressures of our culture around us undermine our faith and our community. And, and <laughs> I don't know, I, I wasn't expecting, I didn't know what to expect this morning as we shared this news about, about Tracy and her um, diagnosis. And so, um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to preach what I had prepared, if that's okay. I don't even know where to begin, but um, so I'm just going to do it. Um, the next slide, Rick, could you help me? Uh, so we've been talking about how the culture around us, there's things of our culture that undermine our faith, that undermine our connection with one another. And we talked about it, how the first week we talked about consumerism about this idea that life is just transactions and how this, we've been conditioned, we've been trained to think this way so we buy more and more stuff to keep the machine going. And, and we talked about how not only does that start to seep into our lives but even our church relationships, the way we start to treat each other like consumers, approaching each other, asking the question, you know, rather than asking how can I be a blessing to you, we ask what am I getting out of this, what's in it for me? And now we can even treat our families or our friends that way. And we started talking about, we listened to Paul as he was speaking to the church in Rome, this letter, and he says, he says, because of the grace of God, I urge you to be, make your lives living sacrifices. And we talked about how sacrifice for the sake of others is the cure to consumerism. Putting others above ourselves is the, sac- is the cure for this idea that everything's a transaction in our lives. So that was week one. Then week two, we started talking about, we addressed this issue of individualism. It's just, it's gone, it's gone horribly wrong in our society where we become more and more independent of one another, so independent that we often become isolated. We think, I don't want to have responsibility for other people, so I'm just going to mind my own business. And then pretty soon we find that we're all alone. We've got connection with no one. There's no deep connection. And we started listening to Paul as he was speaking to the church in Rome and he said, you belong to one another. As followers of Jesus, we belong to one another. There's no option of, well, I don't know if I want to be responsible for other people or not. If you're a follower of Jesus, we belong to each other. We started talking about how community, true community, being committed to one another, not just when it's convenient or when we feel like it, but really committed to one another, that is the cure to our individualism, to the isolation that comes from it. And then last week, we started talking about materialism, the way that we're trained to, th- trained to think that life is all about how much stuff you have. Life is about how many things you can accumulate over the course of your life, that that's the true measure of success, and how just counter to the gospel that is. It's like wrapped up in that little saying that whoever dies with the most toys wins, right? So I hear Jesus saying, what good is it if you gain the whole world and yet you forfeit your soul? We started talking about last week about how generosity, sharing with one another, that's the cure to the materialism that is so constantly pressed on us. We're told to think this way and yet the gospel tells us to think differently. But I've been waiting for this week to talk about 
the important, the, the basis of all of this. Because, I mean, to be, to sacrifice for the sake of others, to be committed to community, to be generous with one another, these are, this is great advice. It's good advice. But without Jesus, that's kind of all it is, just good advice. But the idea of sacrifice, community, generosity, these things are meant to be built based on Jesus. I mean, I'm a couple slides ahead. Sorry. You know what, I'm just going to, hey, Rick, can you just turn it off? That's fine. Let's preach about it. Um, <laughs> um, but we're talking about how Jesus is the center of all of this and that, you know, I'm, the trouble is when we preach a, a sermon series on the ways that culture affects our lives and stuff, you know, without Jesus, it can just be kind of, here's food for thought, you know, hopefully it means something to you. Hopefully you take something and do something with it. But when we start talking about Jesus and how he's the basis of all of this, it changes from just food for thought to a new way of living. A completely new way of living our lives. Now, I don't know if maybe some of you over the last few weeks, those of you who have been here and been listening to the series, if any of you have been thinking, you know, Jason, like this is good advice, but kind of how do we do this? I mean, how do we do this over the long run? How are, do we sacrifice for the sake of others? How do we remain committed to community when we don't really feel like it? Or how do we, how do we be more generous with people when the whole world around us tells us to take care of yourself, to make sure you have plenty for yourself before you can maybe give a little bit to somebody else? Like, how do we do this? And I started thinking about this advice to the sacrifice and community and generosity. If that's all we say, then it, maybe it's at best good advice, but at worst it's just saying try harder to be nice. But we need Jesus. Jesus is the basis of all of this. So uh, if any of you are asking, you know, Jesus or Jason, this is good, like we sacrifice and community and generosity, how do we do this? The answer is Jesus. The difference depends on Jesus. If you would, open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. And let's look at this together. You have this in your, in your Bibles too, this, this insert, if you'd like. Let me just read. It says, Paul is writing to this church in Rome, and he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, the good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. 
patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. So as I'm reading this passage, everything depends on Jesus. And here's why. On, in the first week, we were talking about, if you remember I said the therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? If anybody remembers that little turn of phrase. But we talked about all this depends on God's mercy. And I said, you know, we're going to come back to this. <laughs> I even mentioned it the first week and I couldn't wait to talk about it some more. But all this depends on God's mercy. Everything that we're talking about, being more sacrificial, more committed to community, more generous with one another, all this depends on Jesus. Jesus is the difference. Because God has been merciful. And we have to keep rooting, intentionally rooting our identity in the reality that God is merciful in our lives. That God is good and that he is merciful. You see, through his Son, through Jesus, God has redeemed us. God has forgiven us. On the cross, Jesus took care of everything and reconciled us to our Father in heaven. And he, amazingly, he rose again. And he included us into God's family. He gave us hope that death is not the end for us, but actually we have life eternal with him. And Jesus did all of this, not because of our ethnicity, not because of how hard we try, but because of Jesus' faithfulness, because of who he is. There's another part in the letter that Paul wrote to the Church of Rome. He said that even while we were sinners, even while we were still enemies with God, he was gracious with us. And I, I know we live in a time when no one likes to talk about sin and, and what we've done wrong or the things we're ashamed of, the things we regret. But if we're going to be honest, we have to talk about those things. If we're ever going to have any sort of appreciation for mercy, we have to admit, we have to own the things that we've done in our lives. I think about the things I've done in my own life that I wish I could go back and change. The things I'm even ashamed to even talk about or think about. Things I regret. These things make me grateful for God's mercy. (laughs) They're the sort of things that make God's mercy the sort of thing that changes my life. It makes me want to drop everything and begin following Jesus. When we start thinking about those things, when we really account for, when we really realize what we've done, and we start to realize this amazing mercy that God has given us, it's no surprise that Paul then says, go and devote your lives. I urge you to make your lives a living sacrifice for Jesus. This is, everything comes back to this mercy. And Jesus. But Paul goes on some more. And if you look at verse 2 in your handout here, um, he says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's kind of subtle in English, but in Greek, it's these verbs be, can no longer be conformed and no longer, and then so that you will be transformed. Both of these are in the passive voice. Basically, the, the, the point to get is that these aren't things that we're doing. These are things that, that are being done to us. So don't be conformed by the world around us because our culture around us is trying to conform us, to make us try and dupe us into believing that life is all about transactions, to be a consumer. 
to try and tell us that, you know, actually you'll be happier if you'll just be independent and on your own. Or to tell you that life is all about the stuff you have. You're not really successful until you can show your size of your bank account or the size of your house. That's what the world around just tries to tell us. Paul's saying, don't be conformed by this, but rather be transformed. And I know they've kind of stated that in the active voice, like be transformed, but it's still in the passive, be transformed by God. It's the Lord who transforms us. And even that cuts across the grain of the culture around us. Our culture says, you know what, nobody transforms me, I transform me. Our pride and our individual say that, you know, with the right effort and the right technique, maybe a good self-help book, I transform me. And Paul's saying that's not it at all. Paul's saying it's God who transforms us. It's the Holy Spirit who's at work in us that transforms us. The deep transformation that Paul is talking about comes only through our relationship with Jesus. So I preaching this sermon after a few weeks of saying, you know, be more sacrificial, be more generous, be more committed to community, I'm saying stop, stop striving. I'm saying stop striving is what I'm trying to say. It's not by how much effort or how hard we work at it. It's by God's grace. It's by the Holy Spirit in us. Because when we start drawing closer to Jesus, our heart is transformed. Our mind is renewed. We start looking and thinking differently about this world. We start looking at the way that this world teaches us that it's all about the stuff you have and we start saying, you know, that's not enough for me. Because I know about Jesus and I desire more. Or Jesus starts transforming our lives and we say, you know, I know that sometimes being a part of a community can take lots of effort. It can take tons of work. But when Jesus is our Lord and our Savior and we are close to him, we say it's worth it. It's worth it not only because people will be there for me, but also because I enjoy being there for my brothers and sisters in faith. So I hear Paul saying, don't try to transform yourself, but be transformed. Be transformed by God's Spirit in us. Be transformed by your relationship with Jesus. If I can just boil this all down, plainly saying that the difference depends on Jesus Everything that we've been talking about for this whole last month, it all comes down to our relationship with Jesus. Because without Jesus, it's maybe good advice, but I mean, what do we usually do with good advice, right? <laughs> do whatever we want to anyways. At worst, it's saying try harder. How helpful is that? How helpful is that when someone says try harder when the whole culture around us, the air we breathe... The words that we constantly hear are be a consumer. Be an individual. Be independent of people. Don't waste time with other people. All they'll do is drag you down. When the culture around us tells us life is all about the stuff you have, we are bombarded with this. So how realistic is it for someone to say to try harder to be more sacrificial? Try harder to be more generous. Try harder to be more committed to each other. How helpful is that? And I have to ask, you know, like, without Jesus, why even try, right? Without Jesus, why not play the game and be good at it? You know, if the game is consumerism, materialism, and individuality, individualism, without Jesus, why not just be better at everybody else so that you get more? But we're saying today, as followers of Jesus, that everything depends on him. Everything depends on Jesus, and then the rest starts to come. 
when we are in a good relationship, a right relationship with Jesus, the desire to sacrifice for the sake of our church family, for the sake of our community, it just comes. It just bubbles up out of that. When we are in a right relationship with Jesus, the commitment to community, to be there for each other, to be there for each other when one of us finds out that our wife has cancer, or to be there for each other when one of us has a roof to repair, or be there for each other to make sure to ask, you know, I know it's hot out, How's your, is your air conditioning working? That we care for one another. These things come out of our relationship with Jesus. When we say focus on him, all this other stuff starts to fall into place. And it moves this idea of, you know, the idea of being more sacrificial or more generous or more committed to community. It makes it changes these things from just from like, you know, nice things to be good or or good advice to a way of living that is different than the culture around us. When we start following Jesus, these things stop being just nice ideas and they become the way that we live. The way that we live that draws questions out of people. That we live differently, that people say, like, why do you do that? Why would you ever do that? Why would you sacrifice some of the stuff? I mean, you could use that money to buy things for you. Why are you giving it to someone else? Or isn't it a pain for all of you to share that one thing? I think about, like I mentioned last week, I'm borrowing Norm Bobbick's table saw. Isn't it a pain for you? Why don't you just go buy your own? Or Norm, like, don't you, aren't you afraid he's going to wreck it or damage it? Why do you guys do this? We have this opportunity to say because of our faith, because of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. To live these questionable lives. And these questionable lives, that I'm not saying try harder. <laughs> I'm not saying try harder because trying is destructive. Not only, I mean, at the best case, we do it, we're able to succeed and we start patting ourselves on the back. See how good I am at, at trying, at doing this whole Christian thing? Or worse, we fail at it. <laughs> and then we say, I guess I'm just not really that great a Christian. Faith is not about trying. If anything, it's about maybe training. That we have faithfully followed Jesus. We do what he taught us to do. Not perfectly all the time, but we're training. I was thinking about it this morning. I mean, <laughs> I could go try to play golf. I'm not good at it, and I never play it. I could go out there and try. It'd suck. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but if I started training, I started doing the things like practicing swinging or getting into better shape so I could walk and I wouldn't get tired or I could pull my clubs or whatever, like that's difference of training versus trying. And I think the Christian faith is way more about training. That we pray as part of our training is building up faithfulness. That we are generous with one another. So that that one time when it really matters, we don't blow it. We don't second guess or say, I don't think so right now, when we really needed to do it at that point. We train. Or we train, we are committed to community. Committed to community committed to community when it's kind of easy, when we enjoy it. So then when it gets really hard, when we're constantly feeling like, man, the last thing I want to do is go to that church on Sunday and be with those people because they're driving me crazy, that we still show up because we're committed, because we've been training. Because God said, I mean, because Paul said, the Holy Spirit said that we belong to one another. 
So I hear everything coming this morning, all what we've been talking about this last month, about ways of living different, counter to the culture around us. It all depends on Jesus. Jesus makes the difference. That it all comes unto him. And then the closer we are with him, these other things like generosity and community and sacrifice, these things come, not because we've tried harder necessarily, but because we've been following Jesus. Jesus is the difference.